Welcome back to the podcast. This is Big BJ. Check it in. Today's conversation, beloved, we're going to talk about some trending topics. We're going to talk about a couple of stories that caught my attention in the news cycle, and I just want to have a conversation about it with the village, with the family, because I want to point out and highlight the wickedness of this beast, this mischief maker that we live amongst, right? When we say that this man is the devil, what we are saying is that by nature, he's a trickster, right? He operates in trickology, and his nature is a nature of one of captivity, corruption, and disproportion. Sometime when we bring it out, beloved, when we talk about the slave maker, what normally happens is that because America is kind of ran with money, we think that we can buy ourselves out of captivity. Uh, we can put enough money or make enough money where we don't deal with corruption. Or we can get enough money or make enough money where we don't have to deal with disproportion. But beloved, that is not so. You're dealing with a slave maker whose nature is that of one who we call the devil, which means adversary. Not only is he your enemy, he's your open enemy. He's out in public with it. He's not hiding. You know, this man doesn't throw a rock and hides his hand. He's your open enemy. He stands out bluntly and boldly about how he feel about the original people of the planet Earth. Right. We're going to feel it a little more because being that we live in the wilderness of North America in the territory that we call the United States, we are directly related to him and we are directly underneath his jurisdiction. It's a little different than folks in Africa. You know, the devil is running Africa outside of Africa. But we live in the belly of the beast. So it's a little bit more contact with us and them. It's interesting, though, our platform get a lot of comments and posts from devils. And I, I don't understand why. I mean, I think it's fascinating to even have a platform named Real Black Consciousness Form and the enemy, the enemy listen to it. And the enemy will show up. He listens to all the podcasts. They respond to everything. They comment. Beloved, I feel as though I get more DMs from the enemy than I do my own people. It's the weirdest thing ever. They're listening, beloved. They're definitely listening, right? We're going to talk about... Some stories that come out of the Deep South. Um, one in Mississippi. We're going to talk about a mistrial. We're going to talk about another story out of Georgia. Which is talking about um, some things that went down in the hospital, right? I want to put out a statement and say this. Out of the two stories, we're going to talk about the Georgia story first. It's about a sister that was pregnant. So 
if there is a pregnant sister listening to the podcast, uh, I don't want you to listen to the story that we cover about, you know, we're going to read the New York Post. We're going to talk about a Georgia sister, but I just don't want you to listen to that part. I want you to wait maybe like eight minutes and come back. I wish I could put on some type of sign, a signal to let you know to come back into the conversation. But I don't want any sister that is pregnant to listen to the uh, the New York Post story we're going to talk about. I just don't. Uh, not only that, if you are a brother with a baby on the way, I don't want you to listen either. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of like fall back a little bit, bro, and catch back up maybe like. Eight minutes from now, I would try to put something like a, um, something to flash on the video portion to say we, you know, we'll be done talking about this at such and such time. Hopefully, we can do something like that. But I don't want you to listen because I just uh, certain pieces of conversation could be taken as seeds, and we're going to talk about a traumatic event that happened to a sister. I don't want you to hear about. It. How about that? It's just as simple as that. And we're going to talk about that now. So I don't want you to listen. Come back. Give me about 10 minutes to come back. Right. Um, you know, hit a block and come back and then we just take it from there. While we're um, focusing on the deep south. I want to give you guys the latest update on our brother, uh, Reggie Ray, who was slinging that chair around in the great state of Alabama. Right. <laughs> in the gump with that Montgomery brawl. Our brother is doing well. He got one of those fancy uh, internet attorneys that's uh, working his situation out for him. Most importantly, our people, especially black women, because when I went to drop a donation myself on the GoFundMe page, I scrolled up a little bit. I was nosy. I scrolled up a little bit to see who was putting the money up. Overwhelmingly, who was putting the money up for the brother with the chair was our sister. So, black women, uh, take a bow. Black queens, take a bow. Queen mothers, take a bow. You did your thing. You put that bread up for our brother to get good legal representation. And just as we said, he didn't get this representation from in the state, he got out of state representation. And then he got 290 something thousand. When I was on there, it was at 290,000. Could be almost at 300K. But I think his legal team is going to cut it off at 300K. They're not going to raise anymore. Uh, that's more than enough. If he had to take on some more clients, he's good. Uh, but black folks, you showed up and you showed out, and we appreciate that. So here's some takeaways, right? We did what we supposed to do. Next time, maybe not. We don't have to do so because. We're not going to film everything and put everything on a public forum. We ain't doing it no more. We're going to always win the battles that we have with these, these devils, but we don't have to put everything on the public forum because we're still living in the belly of the beast. And uh, I think it's also interesting out of Alabama, Limestone, right? It's a prison in Limestone. They got Atmore Prison. And the violence have ticked up from the correctional officers. I'm not saying it's coming from that Montgomery, uh, that Montgomery brawl, but I think it's um, well. We know that our people are suffering in all of these holes, right? In all of these bellies, all of these prisons and penitentiaries. We already know 
that our people is suffering. But I think it is interesting, though, that stories have leaked out about violence coming from the correctional officers to the inmates have been more excessive as of late in Alabama. So I think that's, you know, but I don't know. Maybe that's a different story for a different day. You know, we might have to take a look at that at a future date. There's a couple of stories on our plate we want to talk about today, but I'm just saying, ultimately, uh, to the village, you're doing an outstanding job supporting our people in Montgomery uh, that stood up for their own. Even the legal defense that the attorney's going to put up, he pulled out a law. I thought it was pretty sweet. I said, oh, man, I didn't know that was a... It's a law that says that if you see somebody being assaulted, you can assault the person that was being assaulted out of helping them. And it's a law behind it. That's why it's it's best that you have great representation. But the lawyer that brought that to the floor, he didn't live in Alabama. I figure it's going to work like that down there. Like, nah, they're not going to let no country boy come in and they're not going to take it. They're going to do something slick. But then when the money is right, you can't do anything slick. Let's go to the New York Post. Came out 10 days ago. The headline reads, Georgia woman sues hospital after baby allegedly decapitated during delivery. Right. This is why I asked our brothers and sisters for the child on the way to excuse themselves because I don't want them having something on their mind or their spirit about this happening, you know, to this young sister along with um, her old man. They went down there as a course as a couple. And things went left, and I don't want to put this on somebody's spirit that could be walking in this direction of uh, having a baby within the next nine months, right? A lawsuit had been filed against an Atlanta area hospital after a baby was allegedly decapitated as his mother was giving birth last month. Jessica Ross, our sister, went to the emergency room at the Southern Regional Medical Center in Riverdale on July 9th after her water broke around 10 a.m. She was fully dilated and began pushing. Right. She was delivering this child vaginally, but the baby's shoulders could not fit through the pelvic area, the lawsuit said. Doctors Tracy St. Julian reportedly attempted to deliver the baby vaginally using different methods, including applying traction to the baby's head. In the process of trying to deliver the baby, pulled on his head. Oh, let me go back because this is a quote by Ross. I want to read this right. This is the, uh, uh, pardon me, this is a quote from Ross's attorney, I mean to say. So I want to read this right. In the process of trying to deliver this baby, pulled on the head and neck so hard, and manipulated them so hard that the bones in the baby's skull, face, and neck were broken. This is Roderick Edmund. This is the attorney speaking, and this is the quote and unquote. The bones in the baby's skull, face, and neck were broken, right? I'm going to stop it there. I can read a little more, but I'm going to fill in the blanks. The parents came together and they sued because the baby passed away at birth. Uh, the sick part about it is that the hospital tried to get together and cover it up. 
Um, so I want to just point something out to our people. The hospital was trying to cover it up. The hospital was trying to discourage Ross, which is the young lady, and the, and the child's father, Trayvon Taylor, from seeking an autopsy when it happened. Instead, they were trying to get the young couple that just had a child, that they made a mistake. You know what I'm saying? The doctor obviously made a mistake. But then they came back behind and was trying to encourage this couple to cremate the child, to cremate the baby before taking them down to the funeral home. Um, all right, I want you to put a pin in that. When I start talking about wickedness, I'm going to just show you that it's at every level. The wickedness fall on the original people on a common level, working class lower class level and it follows you all the way up to a first class level which identifies that the original people in the wilderness of north america in the territory that we call the united states is living in captivity but just think though you're already underneath a strong sense of trauma i'm just going to show you where's priorities that we're talking about the devil's priority You carry your baby for a term. We're talking about Ross, our sister, right? She's only 20. She carry your baby for a term, which is 270 days. She have the child. The doctor makes a, makes a mistake, a terrible mistake. And the child life is no longer here. It was taken out of negligence, allegedly, right? Instead of the doctor and the hospital falling on their sword, apologizing, acknowledging that there's going to be some trauma with these young parents. It seems as though as they went into a cover up instead, though. Trying to save the name of the brand, trying to save the name of the business. But you just lost a child as a mother. And the father was present as well. I just want you to put a pin in that story. Right? Because we're going to go into the next story. But I want you to put a pin in that one first. Because that is a level of wickedness, beloved, that you just can't shake. It's just not. This ain't peanut them. And pookie them. And Ray Ray and Bird them just out there. Just Our people can be educated away from a low level of thinking. But I'm showing you, or I'm going to attempt to show you, beloved, at a high level of education, it doesn't change the level of wickedness in the people, no matter how much they go to school, how much religion they got, no matter how many degrees they get, no matter what their profession is. Disproportion, corruption, and captivity follows them. And they rule over the darker people with a trick. Let's go to the NPR article, right? Let's close this one down. Let's go to NPR and let's have a conversation about that, right? 
Yes, I'm at Limestone Correctional Facility, man. They putting their hands on people. I went to child this morning at 6 o'clock at breakfast with my own bowls and everything. I didn't get no static. They brought it to me. They jumped on me. Look at my arm. Then it's fractured. I broke. They gave me a sling to put it in. A lot of other inmates right here. Dirty clothes. They slammed me in the mud. A lot of other inmates right here with the same thing. They ain't got no way to get at, get this message to the free world. So I'm asking that some justice be done, please, in the state of Alabama, man. All right, so we're coming out the New York Post. We had NPR. In the future, we're going to talk about some history, right? I want you guys to stay tuned. Uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, our beloved brother out of Philadelphia. The city of brotherly love, the uh, self-proclaimed prince of Pan-Africanism, right? He's uh, <laughs> he was uh, all of his roots is in the Americas, but he's the prince of Pan-Africanism. Uh, he talked about the slave trade and our people being pretendians, for lack of a better term. So um, we're gonna put something together to address that because the way that he has history, um. We'll bring it out what it really is, right? But but I will say this. You see, the way that they kind of package the slave trade and they tell us as black Americans and even brown Americans in the wilderness of North America in the territory that we call the United States is that when they use that term slavery, they connect that term slavery and slave with Africans. And I think it's interesting that they leave out the East Indians. And I think it's interesting that they leave out the Native American Indians, right? Whether we go into detail about who was red or who was black, we ain't going to even do that. We're just going to say the red man that was here. What we're going to do is we're going to show and prove that the first slaves in America was the red man first. We're going to we're going to leave out what we really know what it is. We're just going to say red, the red in the infinite, right? And we're going to show that he pitted one tribe against another. And then we also want to show that the slave ship that went across the Atlantic, it went all right. But the first one was one of red people that left United States, the territory that we call the United States, and it went to Spain. We even know where in Spain that it went. It went to Seville. We even know the folks that got off the slave ship, what they was documented as. They were documented as Negroes. So we got to point that out. If you missed it, it's okay. I say it again because I don't want you to think, I don't want you to get confused on nothing. When the devil got here, there were native tribes here. Before any African hit the dock at all. The native tribes that was already living in this land was pitted against each other first. Right. The first slave raids was not on the west coast of Africa. It was not even North Africa. The first slave raids, European slave raids, was in America. Where they pit the natives against each other. They went into slavery here first. Then we had some that was left over. They were put on a boat. Many was taken back to Spain first. Then 
Others were taken to the islands. All at the same time. That's kind of left out. When you hear our people, talk, they don't talk about that. They start talking about everybody just came from Africa and 12 million got here. And I'm like, yeah, we'll deal with it. We would deal with it, beloved. We would definitely deal with it. NPR News. Mississippi judge declares mistrial and shooting attack on black FedEx driver. Right? This three days ago. Citing errors, and this is going back, this is Mississippi, right? The great state of Mississippi. Citing errors by police. A Mississippi judge declared a mistrial Thursday in the case of two white men accused of chasing and shooting at a black FedEx driver who was making a delivery. Brandon Case and his father, Gregory Case, are charged with attempted first-degree murder, conspiracy, and shooting into the vehicle driven by Mr. Gibson in January 2022. Gibson, now 25, was not injured. But the chase and gunfire led to complaints on social media of racism in Brookhaven about an hour's drive south of the state capital, Jackson. Right. Judge David Strong said he made the mistrial decision because of errors by a Brookhaven Police Department detective. We'll stop. We'll stop. We'll stop. We'll stop. Um... Those are two stories that came out that I thought was very interesting. And um, I just want to say this, right? We are definitely a people that is living in captivity. We are definitely a people that is living underneath the jurisdiction of a slave maker, of a mischief maker. And he rules the people, which is the original people of the planet Earth, through trignology, right? He's not outsmarting anybody. He's just a trickster. And then, obviously, we're at a place in our development where we can see through the tricks. And we can blatantly see him rule through corruption, the thing that I want our people to see while these two current events, which is now trending, stood out to me is that, see, it happened at a high level. See, this thing that happened with, it's, it's a high level. I don't want you to think that it's the guy with the sheet, with the pickup truck that, don't, no. Even though... Two crackers at the lowest level of Mississippi can shoot at a FedEx driver. If a judge at a high level is going to have their back or a detective is going to file something inappropriately on purpose, possibly that he knows where this will get thrown out if I do this or do that. It's important that our people see they all working together. Now. We're celebrating. A Montgomery brawl. You see how they win in secret? You see how they do? They're wicked people, beloved. You think that you can go and reform them? You're going to go preach them a word and you think that um, 
because it's so important that we have these conversations with our religious brothers. Because our religious brothers think you can go reform the devil. He, they, you can preach to him. And I'm like, what was the preaching at in Georgia? Because everybody on Sunday is going to a place of worship. But yet the hospital was working in cahoots with each other just to try to pull the wolf over. Just to, They made a mistake. They couldn't even come on and say, hey, we made a mistake and we apologize. We know we're going to lose millions behind this. But we want to stand tall. We're going to stand tall with you as new parents. We know you're going through the trauma of this, and we hate that it happened, but it happened, and we want to see what. No, they went right into cover up mode. And where was the whistleblower that you can't ever find them, beloved? They all working together against you. Keep in mind now, I want you to keep in mind that. When you go to the hospital, you're a customer now. Y'all ain't equals. They not doing nothing for free in there now. They just not. <laughs> you're paying them for a service. You're, you're paying them for a service. And even as a customer, because I'm pretty sure even after this, they still was charged now. Even after this, they still was charged. Just look at the level of wickedness that they would put a young couple having a child through. It don't matter to them. They went instantly into their nature of corruption. Instantly. After doing what they did to this Georgia sister, Mrs. Ross, baby. We skip over a couple of states. We leave Georgia we get to Mississippi, the great state of Mississippi, and we talking law. And we talking police, which are public servants. And a detective that, oh, he just, just so happened to drop the ball on two crackers shooting at a brother for making the delivery. He, he a FedEx guy. Most of those guys at FedEx, they either drive the truck or they contract it out. They may drive their own truck or a little box truck because, you know, everything is contract, uh, contracted out these days. Blatantly shooting the vehicle, he just saved his own ass. And now they're going to go as though through mistrial that nothing ever happened. Like the bullets wasn't real. Nothing happened. Nothing was real. But I can assure you, beloved, if the roles were reversed, if there were some young jits from Jackson, Mississippi, or Biloxi, or Hattiesburg, they start shooting into a vehicle, shooting into an occupied vehicle where a cracker was driving, a devil was driving, a slave maker was driving, a mischief maker was driving. They would have been quickly arrested. We know that. Oh, it's a mistrial. It was a, we can't find this. This is a mistrial. But the bullets went into the, so sometimes what these prosecutors do is that They'll pick a charge that they know they can't even meet. You know, it could be one charge, but they'll pick another one. But listen, beloved, this is what I'm be tripping up. Hold on, let's just back up a little bit. You know, they're arresting, pooking them. They're pooking them. They can look on Instagram, see some type of crime being committed, and they can go pick you up on what they see on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. 
they make everything stick. They can get the word of a stitch, a snitch. They can make it stick. They got informants everywhere. They can make everything stick. But when crackers are shooting into an occupied vehicle, they can't make it stick. The judge, oh, it was a mistrial. And then there was an outburst where his sister couldn't believe it. She walking out the courtroom and the judge is just, man, you know, it hurts my heart to do this. And we just know it doesn't hurt his heart. This is just protocol and what to say. He immediately went to the golf course. I'm willing to bet they went golfing right after. They went to lunch right after. You think that they're going to put two crackers in jail in Mississippi for shooting at a nigga? There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. When they shot that brother down in Georgia, beloved, I think his name was Aubrey. He was just looking into empty houses. You know, they were going to sweep that underneath the rug at first, right? And then once that story gained national news, all of a sudden, they figured out what the right letter of the law was. But when they killed that young brother, there was no, they went home. Everything was on up and up until it made national news. I'm showing you who you're dealing with. I do not want our people walking around thinking, well, it's just a bad apple in the bunch game. And they started talking white supremacy talking. No, it's not white supremacy, beloved. I'm going to show you their nature. This is their nature. And then when you see them do things in history, they repeat things over and over. But if you're not a reader, this is why they, let me say it this way. Things happen in history right in front of our eyes. You know why many of us can't even remember what happened right in front of our eyes? Because they pump our minds with so much entertainment. We can't remember the last story that count from the other story. And we can't put things together because we have so many reality shows we watched since then. We have so many basketball games and goddamn football and baseball games. We can't even remember the shit no more. You know what I'm saying? Because they pump our minds with so much entertainment. We can't even connect the dots like we used to. There's no more paper. Mom and daddy and them used to sit on that porch and read the paper. There's no more physical paper. You got to get on the net. And when you get on the internet, there's so much entertainment that cloud your mind. You can't even see how the stories are matching each other. But the people have a wickedness at a high level. Um, Check this out. How about we do it this way? Check this out. Uh, there was a devil. His name was Jeffrey Epstein. Right. He was a Washington insider. He operated male. He, he operated like a male and female sex ring. That's kind of like what he did. And then if you kind of look at how he died, it's always mysterious. It's a mysterious shit going on. But he was like he was setting it out for those in Washington in Capitol Hill. He was setting it out for powerful people. We're talking about this alleged sex ring that he had. It was called Epstein Island. Right. So it's like it ain't no poor folk shit going on. You're getting on ships and you just, it's all underground with some Mexicans and all this. So, no, 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 no. Hell no. You know, underground caves and uh-uh. Hell no. Private jets. Big boy planes. Big boy money. But he did it for those at the time. This is the wickedness at a high level now. We couldn't connect the dots because I, when I used to look at Jeffrey Epstein, his story reminded me so much of another devil named Craig Spence who was also 
a Washington insider, but he didn't necessarily deal with a lot of females, Craig, I'm talking about. For the most part, Craig had a male prostitution ring, and he would have these male prostitutes, and they'd go frequent the politicians in D.C. He'd take pictures. It was a scandal. But his story was so closely related to Jeffrey Epstein, though. Because both of them died with a mysterious suicide. It always a, it's a mysterious suicide. Oh, uh, Craig, he um he barricaded himself in a room and he killed himself. And then Jeffrey Epstein, oh, he went to jail and he killed him. I'm like, bro, come on. But we can't connect it. That's because in between Craig's story and Jeffrey Epstein's story, we were so pumped with so much entertainment, we can't even put the two together. Black folks can't even make the uh, connection between our sister named Whitney Houston from Jersey. And there was another beautiful sister. Her name was Phyllis Hyman. She was a singer. But if you look at how they die, it's so similar, man. Oh, they get an overdose. You know, Whitney's in a hotel. They always in a hotel, an apartment or something. Their bodyguards and their aunts are out there nowhere around. They are to themselves. And then they overdose on the drug. But a lot of the drugs that he overdosed with, these are controlled substances. How do they get a hold on to them? Oh, Michael Jackson, he overdosed. A doctor gave him this or that. Prince overdosed. A doctor gave him this and that. And we can't even put it together because we can't even see the wickedness at a high level. Ain't it interesting to you that it's always a doctor? It's not even mind-boggling to people like, it's always a doctor. We act like the Tuskegee experiment, some shit that happened for five years. We don't sit there and say, you know, they ran a Tuskegee experiment for 40 plus years. We don't even say it that way. They ran it for 40 plus years, 40, four, zero, four decades. They ran this experiment on our people. We don't say it that way. We just say it like it's some shit that happened for three or four years and that was it. No, it shouldn't happen for 40 years. And every time you get an STD, that information has to be up-channeled to the CDC. We know this how this works. It goes from your local clinic to the CDC to a statistic. If the same 30 guys has got the same disease, but that should be a red flag. It's not. It's an experiment. It's wickedness at a high level. You can't reform these people. I can show you how they do it to the world-class entertainers. I can bring out two stories and show you how they do it to the common folk, I can show you, beloved, we're all in captivity. We're dealing with the same mischief maker. We're dealing with the same dog. The dog that bit you bit me. It's the same dog. He's going through the village biting everybody. He can't be, he can't be reformed. We're going to leave it there, man. Man, I got a lot more to say, but I'm just leave it there because I'm just like, man, these stories are so unreal. And I'm like, when I seen the Mississippi mistrial and when I seen the Georgia story and it's like two more wild stories like this. And I'm like, is this why they dragging this goddamn Montgomery Brawl thing on so long on the news cycle? So you can't even pay attention to other things that's going on. Because every time you see these stories just lingering on, you're like, man, you know, this thing about the Georgia Assistant Hospital, that shit bothered me, beloved. I'm like, what? 
than the mistrial. I remember when the whole thing first came out. A mistrial. <laughs> and then I just remember uh, what Khaled say. I always hear peace be upon him. He's no longer here. What Khaled Abdul Muhammad always said to our people, he said, he's just the devil. <laughs> like, don't you be shocked now. He's just the devil now. Don't you get shocked. And our brother used to say, I remind myself to remind myself to remind myself to I would never forget the white man is not a devil. Beloved, he is the devil. So our only good news is his time, beloved, is winding up. And it just can't come fast enough. Peace and black power to your family. Beloved, we thank you guys so much for hanging out. This is indeed Real Black Content Form Podcast, your brother VJ. We will get at what you guys later. Peace. The failure to turn over uh, matters in discovery is just something that can't be ignored. I've, in 17 years, I, I don't think I've ever seen it happen. But it happened here, and with great reluctance, the court has no choice in this matter but to grant the motion for a mistrial. Oh, <gasps> fuck you, God. Probably I should have uh, said if you can't control yourself, I probably I usually give people a chance to leave the courtroom if they can't control their emotions. Obviously, one person didn't. And look, I know this is emotional. I, I can pr promise you, nobody hates this any worse than I do.